Hello and welcome back to Keeping It Candid, a weekly pop culture podcast to get you through lockdown by me, Millie Cotton. And by me, Lauren. How are you doing now? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, feeling very tired today. No specific reason why. Just a mm. bit like achy and tired and I don't know, my brain's been a bit like mush to be honest. I am, um, well as you can see from my document... <laughs> My grammar's not all there. I missed, I was writing a very basic sentence on an Instagram story and I forgot to put about it on the end. So I just put about and then that was it. And then realized half an hour later that I'd left it like it. I ate some party rings and left one of them on the side, just like half eaten because I think I had thought about something else and then gone gone and done that and just forgotten to eat the rest of it. Um, yeah, how are you? <laughs> I must say, Millie, I, don't, I think you're the only person I've ever met that's forgotten to finish a party ring. If yeah. forgetting to finish a sweet was my downfall, I'd be I'd be quite a happy girl, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm the same. But now that the two of us ran quite far yesterday, so that might be why we're quite tired. I think like, so, I felt yeah. exhausted today. Um but I didn't sleep very well, and I ran out of milk this morning, um, which meant that my normal caffeine intake has taken a severe drop. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but on a brighter note, what is your good news story for this week? So, my good fluffy news story, as always, <laughs> is about Winston, who was the first dog to test positive for COVID-19. And he's now fine and recovered, which filled me with joy because dogs are over everything, to be honest. What? Is this, is this like the first dog ever? So, or was it in the UK? I don't actually, I, it was probably in America, wasn't it? Like, I highly doubt we're testing dogs in the UK. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not testing our NHS staff, so I think well, it's, that. Well, exactly. <laughs> so I assume it was in America. Um, yeah, I don't know. He was the first dog to test positive for coronavirus in what we think is America. I'll double check that, but I mean, does it really matter? <laughs> I just really like the fact that he's called Winston. Oh, it's such it's a just good such dog a, name. Like, it's such a good old guy like name, and I love dogs that are named after like your your bog standard men's names, your, your Keith. Keith is always a winner. Steve. Keith is brilliant. Oh, I love it. It's it's one of my favourite things. My friend's actually just getting a dog, and um, I've just bombarded them with with names. And then he told me it was a female, and I was like, well, this isn't going to work out well because I still want you to call it Craig. Uh, So Craig Craigina. I don't 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 even ask. My brain today is lost lost the absolute plot plus i've just eaten a whole vat of ramen so i'm like not only am i tired but i'm now tired and full and very ready for a nap yeah (laughs) what is your good news story for this week um so my good news story from this week has been some super exciting news that that came out of uh lake victoria in kenya Mm -hmm. um so basically the scientists and all the super intelligent smart people have found that um, there's a potential malaria controlling discovery. Um, And it's that there's a microbe that they think is harboured in the the lake 
and um, the mosquitoes that are flying around the lake and are the transmitters of malaria, um, they pick this up and they carry it in their guts and in their gullies mm. and they are unable to to carry this microbe and also the the malaria um, parasite so they can't therefore pass it on because they can't get it oh wow so yeah so it's, it's super it's super cool discovery um, and it basically means that if if all mosquitoes were to get this um yeah, or to get this microbe, or, or somehow be carrying this microbe, and we could we could um, interfere and somehow manage that, then malaria wouldn't be able to be passed on, and it would be a thing of the past, and it could potentially save hundreds of thousands of lives. So, yeah, super that's, good news. That's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. cool. So Winston and malaria, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been up to and enjoying? Um. Yeah, so this week, I mean, it's a bit of the still the same sort of stuff. I think I'm still having weird dreams. Um, I'm still attempting to play the guitar. Nice. Uh, to my cat's dismay. <laughs> um, I'm still reading El Gran Gatsby. Still have no fucking idea what's going on. How far? It's as if I've forgotten it? the. In- Sorry. How far are you through it? Oh, I couldn't tell you, Millie. I think I think I'm about well my my Kindles tell me I'm like a quarter of the way through, but I genuinely can't understand what's going on, <laughs> and I I don't think it's working for me. I think I need to take a little bit. I need I need to take some more lessons before this is going to be useful. I knew they were talking about a hat at one point because they kept saying sombrero, <laughs> so that was, that was about as far as I got. It's like great, um, but yeah, but something something new from this week, um. I started watching uh, a Netflix series called Dirty Money, mm. which I've had on my list for ages and ages, and I just never got around to it. And I I love documentaries about really anything. Um, I just find them fascinating, and especially when you've got like good documentarians doing them, um, I find them really gripping. And this is basically a series of different documentaries and it's all about big money scandals um and it's really super interesting really well done as well um it doesn't have like a host documentarian that sort of steals the show at all it's all about the people that they're interviewing and they also manage to get like the two sides of the story so Mm -hmm. they get the victims of the scandal basically and they get like the big dick swinging money power hungry people that have that have caused it um and well not not in all of the cases but in most of the cases so you can kind of you see the two perspectives um and it's just it's just really really well done um they've got one on the vw scandal they've got one on a maple syrup mafia mm-hmm. if you'd ever heard such a thing um they've done one on trump they've done one on jared kushner um They've done one on gold mining in Peru, which has made me never want to buy anything gold again in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really good, and I would definitely recommend it. And it's so bingeable, but you can also just like watch one. They're like an hour a piece, and and they're all about something different. So yeah, super good. Got very into that. I need a new series, so that sounds great. You have to try that. One, yeah, I think. definitely go for that. What yeah. about you? What have you been up to? Um, 
What have I been up to? Well, aside from being generally confused by Boris's new Stay Alert campaign, which is, oh my God, is it not the most vague thing you've ever heard in your entire life? Yeah, I think, I don't I don't know. I think like it was a massive mistake for them to move away from the stay-at-home, uh, protect the NHS, stay uh, save life messaging like mm. I don't I don't think the stay alert messaging actually corresponds to what they're setting out and what the phases are I think it's still it's still too premature um and there's a hundred reasons why they've probably done it um some of them I'm going to be more skeptical than most yep. um but, but I do think like there's been a massive like there's there's a bit of like an uproar about the confusion side and I think that everybody sort of jumped onto social media and last night was just a shit show of like confusion and lack of clarity and everybody sort of mincing words and different things coming out and I think today they've provided like a lot more concrete and clear steers definitely Um, the one thing that I find quite ridiculous about the whole thing is that Boris's main thing is like let use let people use their common sense Mm. we can't he can't apply that to the entire country everyone has a very different idea of what common sense is surrounding these this whole issue yeah yeah i mean i I mean yeah i think at the end of the day like they're gonna they're gonna be damned if they do and damned if they don't for me as well obviously i've got big nicola sturgeon sticking the vicky right up at boris and telling him to go fuck himself so um because she's just like it's a no from me you will stay in the house um but yeah it's taken up far too much time like for people to just try and get the clear messaging but Mm. it's there the take home is just don't be a dick and just stay home and be as, as safe as you can and like don't take risks that are really unnecessary um but yeah, I'm going to be Ooh, staying Oh, did you home. hear that? That was my, um, I had like one of those weird things where it's like a burp, but it doesn't actually come out of your mouth. It like just passes <laughs> up through your chest. That was really strange. It only happens every now and again. It makes this very weird noise. It goes, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but oh, yeah, okay. Sad, <laughs> sad for you. <laughs> um, I didn't mess up with that. Aside from that, I have started mm. reading again, which is quite exciting. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I just didn't really feel like it. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, going to read a book today. So I did that for an hour when I woke up this morning. And I started reading Raven Smith's Trivial Pursuits. Do you know what? I've not read that much, but it's very, very clever. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's just a book by a millennial for a millennial, but a very, very smart millennial. <laughs> much, much <laughs> smarter than I am, that's for sure. But um, no, he's fantastic. And I follow him on Instagram and he is hilarious. So I didn't really expect any less from the book, to be honest. And I thought I would read just a very quick thing from the first chapter because it sort of explains what the book's about. I'm not concerned with how we got here. I'm interested in the status quo. I'm not going to trace back to our penny-farthinged pre-internet culture, nor am I going to Charlie Brooker your future. This book will not tell you how to feel, when to cry, when to laugh, when to panic. You don't get a gold star for reading two lines without checking your phone in between. This book is a buffet, but unlike the warm, the lukewarm salmonella type, type, there are plenty of piping hot takes. I will keep serving dishes as you Bruce 
bog trotter them. Am I the contents of my fridge? Does plastic recycling matter if we still eat fish? Does yoga matter if you're not filthy rich? Am I the Nelson Mandela of Grindr because <laughs> because I managed to escape it? Is this the long walk to monogamy? Will I ever be as hot as I was on my wedding day? Will I ever be as hungry? Is a bagel four slices of bread? Are vitamin su- <laughs> supplements secret carbs? Are three cigarettes a meal? Fucking hell, Raven. A meal is a meal. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I identify so with all of that already. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just, I think, a collection of short essays on um, just general shit that we think about, which is, yeah, I mean, I'm down for that. I love anyone who can write my own thoughts down better than I can write them, which is a lot of people, but I think definitely yeah. Raven Smith. I appreciate that. I've got a lot of thoughts and I would prefer if somebody else could regurgitate it into something that's useful. Yeah, and so, yeah. generally legible and understandable. <laughs> <laughs> my handwriting is not my strong point. I got pointed out on Instagram today as I, I put like a story of of my to-do list on Instagram and I got loads of messages being like, can't read what the fuck that says. I'm like, well, good job you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to mention it, Millie, but I was like, was that like your left hand or what? <laughs> no, I just, I write so fast because that's how fast my brain processes stuff. <laughs> oh dear, well, yeah, I mean. Honestly, I otherwise I'm on to the next thing. The it's like, it's insane. It's just, can't concentrate on anything for more than five seconds. <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you, internet, I think. <laughs> Um, what else have I been doing? So <laughs> I have basically been watching the Ricky Gervais back catalogue after having watched Afterlife. And yeah, I don't know. I've been having a great time with it. It's a lot lighter than Afterlife or Derek. And what I realised is that I went into watching Ricky Gervais with mm. Derek. So I know an entirely different Ricky Gervais to the one that everyone else knows and mostly hates. Um, so yeah. I'm now watching that back catalogue, which is, do you know what, actually really good. I've been really enjoying it. I watched all of Extras, uh, in, like, across last week. And then today I watched the first episode of The Office, because I am literally the only person who has not watched The Office, I think, in the oh whole God. of the UK. <laughs> you really, I, I mean, you can watch The UK Office, but you really need to get into The US Office. So, like... no, I did, yeah, I've started that as well. So I'm sort of watching yes. them, them both, which makes absolutely no sense, because I think they're the same thing. Yeah, they are, but then the US office, like, continued and really took off. So, like, it's the same for, I think, like, the first season or something, maybe the second one as well. Okay. And then it obviously goes off in different tangents. But Ricky Gervais and Steve Carell play the roles, obviously quite similarly, because it's the same, but it's really quite different. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, no, we don't need to talk about that, because everyone (laughs) watched it a really long time ago, and I'm just, just beginning to watch it. Um, and I could talk about the US office for a very long time yeah. and it would not be fun for anybody else but me. So yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, I've been doing that thing that you've been doing. We are uh-huh. both running 100k in May. Lol. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm only running it because yeah, you introduced me to it. Because um, you, you said you were doing it and I was like, this is something that I could get behind. Um so yeah, we're doing that. That's happening. Mm-hmm. It's occurring. We're how, eleven how days far in. Are, yeah, we're eleven days in. And how many kilometers are you in? 
I'm 35. Nice. So, yeah, I'm 32.3, so slightly behind. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't You're think that's behind in general, but slightly behind you. Yeah, you started a bit later than me, I think. And, um, yeah, you you put in a good shift yesterday. Oh, my God, good I chef. did 15K yesterday. It was – actually, no, I did 14.5. It was supposed to be 15. But, you know, we'll let that one slide. It's not going to kill me. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it was hard and all of my body aches. But do you know what? I don't think it was actually as hard as running a really hard 5K, as in a fast-paced 5K. Mm. I felt more relaxed doing this 15K at like a slow pace. And I sort of just like left my house and just ran. And I was like, 15K is really far. So I can run kind of like anywhere throughout central London. So I ran up to Bank and then across to Barbican and then down to Westminster and then down to Battersea and home. And that was 15K. That's a nice route as well. There's a lot of like nice things to see. Yeah. Scenery, people watch, well, probably not as much people watching now. But Do you know, yeah. it was really empty, but it was 8pm on a Sunday evening. So ah, there you go. it was very windy yeah. though, so that made it quite difficult. But apart from that, it was a really lovely run. And it actually made me think, maybe I want to try to do some more long runs rather than quite a lot of short runs because I don't know about you, but I find it almost impossible to leave the house on a run. Like not impossible, but it takes me a really long time to like gear myself up to it. It's very much like a conscious decision that I have to make and I then force myself through doing. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've got just such a weird... I don't know, a weird mentality with running. I think that I'm. it's really easy for me to get out and do a 5K. It's mm. really easy for me to, like, first thing in the morning, I'm, I would rather just th- throw on stuff, throw on kit and just run out the door than basically throw on kit and do, like, a full workout where my mind has to work a little bit more. Um, so 5K is fine, but anything above that, like going to a 10K or doing 14, 15k, it's it's such a mental exercise before it. Like, I have to seriously psych myself up and have to, like, like almost do self-talk and have to prepare myself physically for, for doing that. And I don't know, I don't know why, I'm, but I do them so regularly now, And that, but still, I, I need so much prep time before I go out for a 10k or, or anything above that. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um... Something I've really worked on this month as well with it is like the warm up and the stretching down because I know that yeah. I have to run consistently to get a hundred k done in May, so I know that yeah. I, I don't have any time to get injuries basically. So can't in, get like, injuries, can't yeah, be sore. Exactly. So warming up and warming down is really important. Yeah, I've I've been like playing a little bit more with my running, and I think that so yeah, I've. I haven't really ran properly and and like consistently for about two years now. So yeah, two years ago is when I two years ago is when I ran the marathon. I think it was two years ago. Oh my god, I forgot that you did a marathon. Fuck. See, I've never done one, and it's just so far. It's so far, and and I I think that was like my unhealthiest relationship with running was over that period of time. I just. All I was running for, even I didn't really train as much as I should have because I just hated the idea of it so much. And mm. it felt like 
a chore and it felt like I was constantly competing with myself and everybody else and I didn't really I didn't really have the right reasons to do it I basically had told myself that I wanted to run 26 miles before I was 25 and it was like this bucket list expectation that I had for myself yeah and I just didn't I didn't enjoy it like I didn't I didn't feel like I'd accomplished anything after I'd done it I still don't necessarily feel that proud of it like it's not something that I'm like yes I did a marathon it was just like oh that happened and it was horrendous it's funny isn't it Um, how your mentality around events can really change how you feel about pride in those events because yeah. I had the same thing with a master, like with the, the with my masters, because mm-hmm. I was in such a bad mental state while I was doing it. Like I didn't even go to my graduation because I was like, well, I, I just did it. It wasn't anything special. Like, and so I feel like maybe that's the same with your marathon. Yeah, it, it, it is really similar because it was just it was just one of these things that I don't think I was doing it for the right reasons. Mm. I don't think I was. I didn't feel confident in myself. I didn't feel like healthy and happy like going to the to like that front line and and going for it and I just remember hating almost every single minute of it and I like most people are like oh you'll get the bug and that's you you want to start running like marathons all the time honestly for the past two years I've been like I would rather do anything yeah, I but remember. Run any sort of distance again. When you yeah. came out of it and you were like, do you know what, I just don't think I'm ever going to run again, slash not for a yeah. very, very long time, because it's killed running for me. And that, so I think, like, that was, yeah, so that was definitely two years ago, and now, and doing this 100k in May, and running in lockdown has just been completely different. Like, I've finally like fallen back in love with running again and I'm like I'm enjoying it and I'm running for the sake of me wanting to do it and wanting to get out and wanting to like exercise and I'm not doing it for a time I'm not doing it for like a certain a certain distance even though we're doing 100k in May Mm. (laughs) like not doing like (laughs) going out every day for a certain distance or anything like I'm not competing against myself and I don't know I think that's why I really wanted to do it was just because I finally enjoyed it and I've been going for like slow runs where yeah. I run like three four five minutes longer than my normal 5k pace but I'm doing it intentionally and I don't care whereas usually the... that would like screw with my head something awful yeah exactly no I'm as I feel exactly the same like I used to be very competitive with myself and with timings and you know I definitely still am but I I know if I'm going out to run a fast 5k or I'm going out to get, or if I don't really feel like it and I'm going out to get the distance done because I have to do it to get this challenge done and mm-hmm. they're two very different things and that's become entirely fine and that's the first time ever in my relationship with running that I've been okay running at slow paces because I can like obviously you always yeah. can but that competition that we both definitely have with ourselves generally anyway um as in not with each other but with like you know personally is definitely something that for me this challenge even though we're only 10 days in has really helped me address just because I think it's because it's a distance challenge rather than a speed challenge Mm -hmm. so it's like you have to run however far no matter how fast you do it exactly and I think that I think that that's I, I 
I don't know if there's something in the fact that it's like a distance over a longer period of time because I think that if it was like to do a distance in maybe like a week there would still again be some of that some of that competition because it's quite a long period of time Mm. and you can so you can really take it at your own pace and there's people that maybe don't have never ran anything over a 5k and will just completely do the entire things in 5k increments or there's people that will like I've seen on the Strava community stuff or the club, whatever they call it, yeah. that went out within like the first three days and already done like 120 kilometers. Like, oh because that, that's what they do. Like that's, you know, they're long distance runners, they're long yeah. distance athletes. And yeah, I, I definitely think it's changed how I'm perceiving running, how I perceive myself running and why I'm doing it. And like, I was love- like yesterday, I went, I went out to try and do like 12K, got completely lost <laughs> in my hometown. I don't know how you managed to do that, but got completely lost and ended up doing like over 14K because I took a very wrong turning. But I was just like enjoying exploring and, and seeing different like sites of Glasgow. Um, there are a few, I promise. Um, and there's like, and just spending time outside and enjoying that. And I think that, yeah, I, I don't think I've felt like that while running for for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely same. And also, I feel like I've really held myself to it. And it's a bit naff, but at the same time, by putting things on social media, I then feel like I really have to do them. Yeah. And that shouldn't be my property. But like, yeah, exactly. Sometimes I do have to do that to like hold myself to account. And like, I think that's fine. If it's doing it to do something positive, why not? Yeah, and I think there's definitely been a change for me as well. And I used to, so over the past two years, when I have run, because I would still go out as much, I just wouldn't do the same sort of distances and I wouldn't enjoy it. When I have run, it's always been for like a a response to a body weight or a weight thing. I think I've always, I always decided to, to go out for a run more just to be a response to how I was feeling like weight wise or like on my body image Mm. and that's not a healthy relationship to have with it either and it's it's always been like a means to an end in regards to being able to exercise and be able to sort of do it in order to weigh out being able to I don't know go on a massive binge weekend or like have a takeaway or whatever whereas now I'm not seeing that like connection at all. Like I'm not really, I'm not allowing myself to eat sweets or like eat junk food just yeah. because I've been on a run. It's got nothing. They're like not connected anymore. And I think that that's, so that's positive. definitely positive. Yeah, of yeah. course, that's really positive. For me, with running and body image, it's very well just during lockdown. I think. Um, it's been a case of my body has really rapidly changed in lockdown because I've not Mm. been exercising. I hate exercising on my phone. Um, like, you know, like live stream workouts or even just the classes that you can do on your phone. I hate it. I hate looking at a phone and exercising. It's really just something that it just doesn't do it for me. Um, Mm. so I, I, I wasn't really exercising until I, until I started to pick up running again. So for me, it's really given me like a way to take back control of my exercising and feeling good about myself. 
which yeah. I couldn't be more grateful for. I'm so grateful that I can run during this period because of that. If I yeah. wasn't doing any exercise at all, I think I would absolutely be losing my mind. It's And there's just so much to say as well for like the mental health aspect and being outdoors. And I think just all of the benefits that you get from being outside and exercising is, is ridiculous. It's so much better for your mindset than it is to be doing maybe the same amount of exercise but but inside that's kind of what I studied so I always knew it and mm-hmm. it's always there like on academic paper but I don't I don't I don't know I never I was like well that just doesn't affect me like it's the same thing I just, it's a means to an end whereas now I can really see the benefit when's so, yeah. your what's your next run and when is it Are you running tomorrow yeah, I'm going to do um, 30 minutes tomorrow morning before work. Nice. That's my that's my plan. Um, yeah, just a nice early one. Get out of the blocks early. What about you? Uh, I think I'm going to do a 7.5k tomorrow. What I've just realised nice is that I kind of just prefer getting out less and running further maybe. So I think I'm going to do a 7.5k tomorrow and then a 5k, take a day after that to rest mm. and then a 5k we'll try and do like a faster 5k on mm. what day will that be so tuesday wednesday thursday so yeah. yeah that's my plan and then i don't really know over the weekend i've not planned that far i'm gonna see how i feel yeah i always try and get my weekends like always do a long run on the weekend because yeah. you've got more that's a great time. idea yeah but, exactly yeah. that's very very true no, I'm I'm so grateful that we've both picked up this challenge. I think it's been really, really good for us. And at the same time, if you're listening to this and you want to start running, really recommend Couch to Five K. I've known loads of people who have had a lot of success with it when they've ne- when they've not run before, unless yeah. like you know you exercise quite regularly anyway, and you can go out and just start running straight off the bat. But I don't know, is that a thing? If you do gym classes, are you then necessarily going to be a, a good runner? Not necessarily, right? No. They're very no, different. I wouldn't say so. It's yeah. very different. It's a different, like, it's a different type of fitness. It especially depends on what sort of gym classes you do as well. So, and, yeah, running, yeah. yeah but I suppose you can I was... go out and try it. Yeah, you may just 100%. not be a great runner. And then yeah. if you have to stop and walk for 30 seconds or a minute yeah. or two minutes, who cares? Like you're out and you're doing it and that's all that matters, isn't it really? Yeah. And once you've got the bug, that's when you can start looking into like how you should be running and, and like improving and all of that sort of stuff. But, Do you like, think this it's bug just exists? Getting... I have never caught the bug. I don't think I will ever catch the bug. I do not ever think that running will be anything other than a conscious decision for me. And that is fine. I love having a challenge or something that I don't necessarily love because I think it's good for discipline. But I've, yeah. yeah, a bug is, is not something that I think I'm ever going to get with running, sadly. But I could yeah, be wrong. Actually, and I would love to be proved wrong. That would actually make my life a lot easier. I think that, now that you say it, I'm pretty sure there's like some book, I don't know the, I don't know the title of it, but it's basically the premise is the idea that you should do do for 30 minutes something that you absolutely hate mm. um every day i don't i've never read this book but it was a friend of mine was reading that yeah and i've not never entirely understood why that's like a good thing um it's supposed to be like about mental resilience and stuff no absolutely but, it's like when you're in a gym class and um so i specifically go to one rebel and the trainers there are fantastic as you know lauren because you go there too 
But the yeah. trainers will like go into this sort of like spiel during the middle of like an eight minute hill climb on a tread. And they're like, it's just eight minutes of your life. You won't remember it in two hours. Sometimes you just have to get on and do the shit thing. And it is better for you because the way that you tackle things that you don't enjoy, that, you know, a, a choice and you're tackling them even though you don't have to. It says so yeah. much about your character and like your work ethic and just generally, yeah, like your personality. I don't know. It's, I think it's yeah. a brilliant thing to do things that you don't necessarily love. Obviously, don't do shit that you hate all the time because you think you have to. If you think, yeah. like, no one has to be a runner, there must there'll be like that. other stuff that you enjoy or don't enjoy. But, like, I do think it is healthy to do things you don't like sometimes. I think it has to be a balance because I think that, I, I think you're right. I think if you if you can train yourself to go out and do the, the thing, like, or it might not even be the thing that you hate, but it might just be you really, you cannot be fucked getting up and doing it, but you, you force yourself to get up and do it. That's really good for yourself, like how your mental resilience and you, your sort of strength and your confidence in yourself to push yourself. Also, I don't know about you, but with running... I definitely hated it and hate it every time I take a break and then start again. I fucking hate it. Oh, yeah. And then give it two or three weeks and you progress so quickly that it becomes this thing that you hate a little bit less. And then each run that you do, you hate it a little bit less and you warm to it a bit more. Only if it's because you're progressing so quickly. Because you really do, if you stick at it and you're persistent and consistent... Mm. You can improve so quickly and that makes anyone feel great. Like getting better at something and being able to yeah. see that you're getting better at it, even though you don't necessarily like it, like that's yeah. gonna, that's good for you. <laughs> it has to be good I for think, you. <laughs> I think that's maybe as well why like the, the sort of marathon training was so shit for me though, because I'm not somebody that I am not going to be your Mo Farah runner. I'm not fast and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of I'm just an average sort of run-of-the-mill young female speed like that's that's normal and I know and I, it didn't matter how much training I was doing it didn't matter what sort of training I was doing I was never getting faster so I just know that it's not yeah but it's different for a marathon do, like, than a it is for a, it's very if you would say you were doing a 5k you'd be able to improve your time on that a lot more than a marathon it's just because a marathon is so far yeah, I think, see, to be honest, I think, like, I have, I have, I think under the 27 mark is, like, my peak 5k. Like, that's as fast as I'm ever going to run at. We're, like, very similar in exercise. You're, fa- you're way faster than me. No, not anymore. Maybe I used to be, but I'm old and my hips hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my hip flexes are, like, fuck me. They hurt when I run. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and that never used to happen no I definitely was faster and I think I could probably get back to how fast I was if I'm looking at how quickly I'm improving compared to like yeah. when I started running like a month ago and I was doing two runs a week and now I'm doing like three or maybe four I don't know mainly three um and I'm yeah. getting quicker quite quickly maybe there is like a speed that everyone has that is their yeah. peak that's like their that's physical what, that's peak. what I really struggle with is like once I hit that peak like once I hit that and then it gets easier and you sort of aren't dying and your arse hasn't fallen out every time that you do it mm. but you're, you don't get faster so you don't see yourself progressing and I think like that was the hardest thing 
and but I but now and now doing the 100k in May and now not necessarily focus on the numbers too much I'm still I'm not as obsessed with it and so I don't I'm not hating it because I'm not progressing like I still have the motivation even though I'm not getting better for me at the moment every kilometer is honestly a progression because I did not want to start running four weeks ago I literally did it because I knew I was about to lose my mind if I didn't do some sort of exercise outside and I was like you just have to throw yourself back into it yeah and so literally I I think that's probably a really good way to try and look at it generally is that like yeah every kilometer is a win. Yeah, every kilometre is a success, right? Like exactly. It's a, no it's matter how fast or slow it is. Yeah. It's a kilometre that you wouldn't have done any other day. Exactly like, that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that's a really good place to end. If you hate, yeah. if you hate running or you don't run or you don't want to get into running, I'm so sorry. But yeah. <laughs> that was just <laughs> that's us talking just about a love-hate relationship. <laughs> But honestly, it's a relationship that I know that so many people have with running. Yeah, for I think sure. More people than love running have a hate, hate, love hate relationship with running. I think I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm making that up. Yeah, but I would like to think that it makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're the minority. I definitely don't. Yeah, agreed. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please do leave us a review and uh, a five-star rating on iTunes if you've enjoyed the episode. It will help other people to find us and, yeah, help us know that you've yeah. enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that'd be good. It would, wouldn't it? Thank you so much yeah. for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.